Welcome to the Rhode Island Right to Bear Arms Network, a show dedicated to gun rights in the state of Rhode Island. to the Rhode Island Right to Bear Arms Network. My name is Glenn Valentine. I'm the president of the Rhode Island Fire Motors League, registered lobbyist for the Rhode Island Fire Motors League, and also the president of the Rhode Island Second Amendment Political Action Committee. Those are just two organizations in this state that that work to preserve Second Amendment rights. There's obviously the Rhode Island Second Amendment Coalition, which is a state association. Frank Sikosha and Mike O'Neill are, are the primary lobbyists up at the state house. Um, there's also the Rhode Island Rifle and Revolver Association. Brenda Jacob is also a, a lobbyist and the Federated Sportsman. So we all work in tandem to you know, either oppose and, and you know. Put, provide some pushback against some of the anti-gun legislation in the state, try and push some, push some over the years, push some pro-gun legislation, and obviously, you know, get folks involved in, in the election process in this state. And so today I'll cover in this episode uh, specifically things related to elections out on the East Bay. Now, naturally, there isn't a race in every district, meaning a, a primary election. In the, in the general as well, there might not be a race. So if I skip over a town, it just means that either I don't know enough about the candidates. Um, sometimes, you know, they don't get back to us and we don't know what their position is, especially with the Democrats. They don't really want um, to disclose what their position is on the Second Amendment, even though they might be pro 2A. Uh, but so some places there just simply aren't races in the primary or in the general. And you'll see in some of these races, uh, at minimum, we know which candidates are endorsed by the Rhode Island Coalition Against Gun Violence. And so in some races, we might not necessarily know everything there is to know about the other candidate, but it is in your best interest to vote against the candidate that is endorsed by the Coalition Against Gun Violence. They... um, if you visit their page, you'll see some of the, their their positions or the, you know on, on firearms ownership and, and really, uh, if you search back through their position when they first formed, uh, they were much more aggressive in the in the beginning as far as what they sought to get passed and then retooled their their agenda because of the fact that it was too extreme for even some Democrats, you know, in the General Assembly. So. Uh, get, if you get a chance, check out their website. Um, you know, and again, we're talking about an organization and I posted things with respect to what money they spend and where they get their money on, mostly on social media. But there was an exchange this past summer uh, when they was rioting in the city of Providence and looting and, and you know, all the things we saw happen on TV in our capital city. And they actually sent out an email asking folks to donate money to bail out folks that had been arrested during those riots and you know we're not talking about protests we're talking about the folks that were arrested for trying to burn down the Providence Place Mall uh, burn down you know or attacked or just you know damaged 13 uh, state uh, offices uh, in the city of Providence DCYF the Department of Taxation uh, they, they attempted to go to the state house and I guess the objective was to burn the state house down so they're they're a coalition against gun violence and you know but but they're 
trying to raise money to bail out violent folks, which is, is again, goes to show that they're not really about firearms and, and this gun safety. It's about a progressive agenda. So if you get a chance to have any exchange with these candidates, it would be nice to ask what their position is on that organization that endorsed them and, and what their position is on on trying to raise money to, to bail out violent folks. So anyway, uh, so moving into these races... But for you, today, you'll notice it's it's centered around Middletown, Portsmouth, Little Compton, Tiverton, uh, let's see, Jamestown, Bristol, Warren. So these are the East Bay uh, municipalities that have primary elections and in some cases, uh, elections in the general. Uh, we feel confident that we can get if we can get folks out there to vote that we can take a couple of these seats. None of them are impossible for us, uh, considering the fact that we've got two gigantic gun clubs. And this is my pitch for you to share whoever, whatever means your club communicates. If you're part of the Newport Redfield Club, I know quite a few few folks there. Tiverton, I'm less familiar with a lot of the membership there, but there are they, they're the largest gun club in the state. Those are the two largest gun clubs in the state that are in these districts where we need to win races. In addition to uh, Sakana River Outfitters and A&M Tactical, so I'm going to approach those shops and see if they'll share this podcast as well. Uh, so this way they can send out emails and let folks know that they need to get involved in this primary election uh, September 8th. So this podcast will be shorter. Um, it's not the most exciting topic, but it's it's certainly the probably the most important topic in this state for us. Uh, so uh, just quickly, why it's important that we get out in these primary elections. Um, you know, it's, we're asking people that are Republican or Democrat to go out and vote in the Democratic primary in some of these districts because um, we've got a progressive, uh, very left-leaning progressive that's challenging the moderate Democrats in our state. And this is happening all across the state. You saw the cooperative. If you don't know what that is, it's a bunch of very progressive left-leaning uh, Democrats that are looking to oust the moderate Democrats, and and it's it's ironic that these moderate Democrats are very tolerant with respect to guns, and they understand that our state law, and and you can go back and listen to previous podcasts. So I'm going quick here because um, yeah, I don't want to be redundant, but if this is the first podcast you're listening to, you need to understand. And if you're a gun owner in in this state, you probably do understand that we front loaded the law with lots of ways to stop people from getting guns if they shouldn't have one. It's working since we have the most. The, the least number of gun deaths uh, in in the country. So there's no need to have these very sort of attractive gun regulations that the progressives are pushing. The Coalition Against Gun Violence, they're behind all of the candidates I'm going to list today that are progressives. And, you know, we're talking about an organization that really has no interest in gun safety whatsoever. Um, they're, they just endorse all of the sort of cookie cutter bans on assault weapons, magazine restrictions, not carrying guns in public anywhere, really. They, they starting with schools, but they, they want ultimately to have no gun permitting whatsoever. Uh, so, you know, this is what the Coalition Against Gun Violence is. They're endorsing these candidates. And, you know, if these folks get the majority in the General Assembly, as far as Democrats go, they'll oust leadership, which is very sympathetic to our position on, on, on firearms, and have worked with us to make sure that these really bad bills don't pass. And we've seen a few slip through, and, and we don't like that, but we're going to see a lot more of that if we don't stop these progressives from getting in. And as I've said in the past, you know, in some cases, there are no general elections. So if you're a Republican and you're pro-2A, uh, it would make the most sense for you to go into the Democratic primary and vote against the progressive that's trying to oust the moderate, or if it's an open seat like in District 71, which I'll get to in a sec, um, you need to make sure that you 
go to that primary, even though it's, you're not a Democrat, you have the right to go into that primary and vote. And, and then in the general election, if there is a Republican, you can make the decision whether you want to continue to support that Democrat, if that's the one that you, you voted for in the primary, or you can vote for the Republican. You're not tied down to voting for any particular party in the, in the general election. So there's no better example of, of this sort of scenario I'm talking about than District 71, which is Little Compton, Portsmouth, and Tiverton, or portions of those those municipalities. So it's currently held by Dennis Canario, who chose not to seek uh, re-election. Um, you know, fairly pro-2A guy, supported us on most of the bills. I mean, he's a former police officer, so he did support uh, a couple of bills like the red flag legislation, which I understand the spirit of what that bill was designed to do. Um, not enthused with the bill in totality where it's since become law but for the most part um dennis is a, a very respectful guy was willing to always have a conversation about things uh whether we agreed on them or not uh, but he's not seeking re-election so it's an open seat so now we have a scenario where we've got um jay edwards jr running as a democrat and we've got michelle mcgaw running as a democrat so in this race, Michelle McGaw, she checks all the boxes with respect to the progressive left. Um, she certainly will not support leadership in the state house, and she's endorsed by the the Rhode Island Coalition Against Gun Violence. And she's very close with Linda Finn. Every, every event I've ever seen Michelle McGaw, I've seen her with Linda Finn. So uh, she supports. If you go to her website, you can see all the, the the crazy things that she supports on on really most issues. But on the gun issue, she supports common sense legislation, which means that you're going to ban all semi-automatic firearms. You're going to make the possession of, of, of any magazine that that holds more than 10 rounds a felony uh, it's not there's no grandfathering it's it's not that that's acceptable anyway but there's no grandfathering so folks will unknowingly own these magazines that will potentially put them in you know, prison if they're found with one of these for for many many years um, doesn't support you know concealed carriers in certain places in the state I think that's the writings on the wall that that's something they want to limit statewide um, not just in schools but on in all sorts of public places um, she actually supports like, there was an exchange between her and Frank Sakosha at a public forum at the Tiverton Library two years ago where she said she thinks that every gun owner should have a homeowner's policy that covers their guns and, and that's not uh, you know not not something that we even know exists uh, but uh, again supporting really out there legislation uh supporter of of you know the social justice reforms and defunding police and all those things so you get a sense of where, where she stands on, on a lot of issues, not just the gun issue. Uh, but she's running in a primary and you've got Jay Edwards Jr. who is, is you know, certainly a moderate Democrat and folks on the East Bay have had conversations about firearms and he's pretty rational when it comes to firearms and understands that, you know, again, we don't want to implement things that are, have a, a, a greater collateral effect on law-abiding citizens than they do on criminals. So any folks that live in this district should be uh, going to the Democratic primary, there is no Republican primary, so go to the Democratic primary and vote to make sure that you keep Michelle McGaugh from winning that primary election. And then in the general election, thankfully, you've got a Republican, Amy Vary, who's a solid 2A supporter. Uh, so you can vote for Jay Edwards in, in, in the primary election. And then if you decide you, you want to support the Republican, uh, you can do that. So you've, this district, you have that sort of insurance policy of blocking that moderate, you know, blocking that progressive Democrat and then going into the general election. If you want to continue to support Jay Edwards, you can do that. If you decide you don't want to, then you can vote for the Republican. But your ability to stop Michelle McGaw in, in the primary is, is much more likely than in the general, or I, don't, I shouldn't say it that way, but 
fewer people will turn out in the primary to vote. And so, you know, we know the numbers of folks we have in that district and we know that we can, we can get folks to, I, I use the word influence. It's not influencing. It's, these are your civil rights. So it's your voting to ensure that you can keep those rights. Uh, from a woman who's not really all that rational on, on a lot of issues and certainly not on the gun issue. Moving on to District 72, which is portions of Middletown and Portsmouth. Uh, this is the seat that was held by Linda Finn for a couple of years. She's the director of the Coalition Against Gun Violence. Uh, she proposed all sorts of crazy legislation that first year that she was in office. And the folks in that district work hard to, to get her tossed out of office, not just on that issue, but on, on a lot of different issues. So... It's certainly doable uh, to get that seat back. It was won by Dan Riley. He served, I think, two more years or four more years. And then Ken Mendonca ran. Uh, he's a Republican, and he was in that seat for two years. And then he lost to the current representative, Terry Coravente, who is a nice woman. But again, she's endorsed by the Rhode Island Coalition Against Gun Violence. And she's beholden to... You know, whatever Linda Finn says, um, you know, I had a conversation with her about issue unrelated to, to, to um, you know, to firearms. But, uh, you know, certainly she'll vote in line with the progressive left on that issue. So uh, she's being challenged by a, a man named Christopher Simonelli. I am not familiar with what his position is on firearms. However, he's not uh, part of the reform caucus of the progressive left. And he's not endorsed by the Rowling Coalition Against Gun Violence. So, you know, that certainly is, is you could go into that into that primary election and vote for him. And then in the general election, you have Ken Mendonca, who's running again uh, for that seat as a Republican, who's a solid pro 2 a supporter. Uh, so again, you've got that insurance policy of, you know, going into the Democratic primary and you have the right to do that and support the candidate that is, is you know, more in line with what your position is on firearms and certainly really reach out, reach out to Mrs. Simonelli. I know folks on the, in, in that district work hard uh, to, to find out a lot about these candidates, as do all the organizations. But um, you know, the folks in, in that district have tried to sort of nail down where, where this, this person sits on the Second Amendment. But um, we know where Terry is on this, and, you know, we, we want to make sure we limit the number of folks that are endorsed by the Coalition Against Gun Violence. Moving over to District 74, that seat's currently held by Representative Deb Ruggiero. Uh, she is um, part of the progressive folks in the State House, the Reform Caucus from the Democrats that want to oust the moder you know, moderate Democrat leadership. Uh, she's anti-gun. She's supported and voted for every single piece of anti-gun legislation that's come before her. She's endorsed by the Rhode Island Coalition Against Gun Violence and will no doubt support these measures that will limit your ability to purchase certain types of firearms. It will create you know, a licensing scheme for semi-automatic firearms, no guns on school grounds. So all of the things that the Coalition Against Gun Violence is supporting, uh, she would support. Her challenger is a Democrat who appears to be a moderate Democrat. His name is Henry Lombardi Jr. And uh, I do know, you know, what limited folks, you know, again, we're trying to put our feelers out there and figure out some of these folks and where they stand on the Second Amendment. So he's certainly much more gun friendly than her. And, and I'm not, I wouldn't go as far as say pro-gun because I don't know that. But I do know that in Middletown where they implemented this fee, uh, for the background check system that's been expanded now to include your local municipality. So in, in short, you buy a gun, it used to go to the gun shop, would drop it off at the local police department that the gun shop resided in. Now it goes to your hometown and Middletown put in some scheme of a $15 or $20 fee per transfer. And I know that Mr. Lombardi, is on this, he's on the town council now. He did work with some of the Second Amendment guys to get that changed. So, uh, you know, not overly... 
anti-gun clearly because he, he, you know, was willing to change something that was not correct. Um, and, you know, I've, I've heard some things regarding his position on guns and he's, you know, it seems as though he's sympathetic to our position, uh, is moderate. So that's, that's not, you know, a bad thing. Remembering that the moderates are the, are the folks that you can have a conversation with and, you know, talk them off the ledge on certain firearms, you know, they'll look and see and, you know, at, at a, a particular bill uh, would have a huge collateral effect on the folks in their district. They're not going to vote for a bill that puts their constituency at, at risk for, for going to prison for something, for possessing a piece of plastic and metal, uh, because now it, hold, it holds more than, than 10 rounds, you know, referring to magazines. So, you know, we see him as someone that we can have a conversation with about uh, the lack of, you know, I guess a particular bill isn't pragmatic. Um, I think with Representative Ruggiero, she will toe the progressive line. So it doesn't matter what the whether or not a particular bill will hurt or help Rhode Islanders. Uh, she'll just support it. So and she has in the past supported every single piece of anti-gun legislation since she's been in the General Assembly. And in that particular race, there is no general election. So it's you vote in that primary or you don't vote, right? There's nothing in the general election. She doesn't have a general election challenger, no Republican challenger. So moving backwards here, um, Bristol and Portsmouth portions of, uh, you have District 69, which is currently held by Susan Donovan. Uh, not a very dynamic person, I'll say. I had very few interactions with her on the gun issue. I know some of the folks that live out in that district have had exchanges with her. Um, not overly bombastic about her position on guns, but she's endorsed by the Red Line Coalition Against Gun Violence, and she has voted for every piece of anti-gun legislation uh, that, that, that's come forward in the last five or six years. Um, doesn't really have a lot of knowledge regarding firearms, which is the part that's a little more disturbing because she's voted yes on everything. And so when you, you know, I know there's a particular con- constituent of hers that lives in the district that's working with her challenger uh, this, this time around. Um, you know, has had a few exchanges with her, and it's clear based on his assessment that she has no idea what any of these bills do. And that's a scary scenario because a lot of Democrats, even some anti-gun Democrats, we've been able to lobby and talk off the ledge on certain bills because they understand that it doesn't do anything to fix, you know, a particular problem. Um, and, you know, it, but it could have a collateral effect on gun owners that's much worse. I remember years ago, Senator Rhoda Perry who was extremely anti-gun. This is back in the you know 90s when there wasn't a huge push for gun legislation. But as anti-gun as she was, I could care less what kind of imposition she put on gun owners. You know, even she didn't support a bill, and at the time it was on micro-stamping, when she was basically told by some of the other committee members that the bill wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't solve a problem. And so she dropped support of the bill, uh, regardless of the fact that she hated guns, she wasn't looking to support anything that, that was a pointless bill. And so in the case of, think of no guns on school grounds. I know Susan Donovan supports this. That I think she was a former teacher uh, for the Bis- no, Bristol Warren School District. You know, she supports no guns on school grounds. That is the most ridiculous bill in, in the entire time I've ever been involved with firearm you know, advocacy in Rhode Island. We all know what this means. It means folks that are licensed to carry a firearm 
going on school grounds to pick up their child or going to a ball game to pick up their child or watch the game. It's never been a problem. It's entirely predicated on the sensationalism associated with the term school and gun. And that's it. And and so any legislators that fall for this, I mean, most of them understand that this is just a political stunt. And that's why some don't support it because they're offended by it. And others support it because they just don't understand the issue. So she has a challenger, Ann Costa, running as a Republican. So in this case, there's no primary election. Uh, and Ann Costa is a Republican. And she's a supporter of the Second Amendment and, you know, not, not terribly informed on the issue as far as I wouldn't consider a gun person. But already folks have had conversations with her and you know, we put feelers out there and she's asking all the right questions. Right. And that's what you want from a legislator. My former legislator, Anthony Giruso out here in East Greenwich, same thing. Uh, shot him an email, asked him a bunch of questions and he, you know, gave me some feedback on, on certain questions and others, you know, he said, I don't really understand what that means. And that's what you want in a legislator. You want someone that's going to ask you questions if they don't understand something and not just tow the anti-gun or the pro-gun, you know, line, party line on this. And, 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 you know, you want someone to ask those questions. She doesn't. All right. In the case of Susan Donovan, very little lack, you know, lack of, lacks the knowledge with respect to firearms, but will support fire anti-firearms bills, anti-right gun rights bills. So if you can get out in that race, that's the general election. So it's, you know, it, it, it's, you know, you've got plenty of time to do, do whatever you need to do to get an absentee ballot if you don't want to go to the polls or just plan on going to the polls on November 3rd. And this brings us to the last race I'll talk about today in this episode, and that is District 68, which is Bristol and Warren, and it's currently held by June Speakman. And this, if you followed what happened the last go-around, it was an absolute, uh, I guess... (laughs) entertaining to say the least. Um, You had a primary between um, two Democrats and the Democrat that was successful in that uh, race went on to win the general election and then resigned, I think, the first day because of campaign finance violations and also, I think, a felony, misdemeanor or felony, I believe felony, um, associated with the inappropriate use of, of funds from his campaign. So they had a special election. And in that special election, you had June Speakman, who was the Democrat, again, progressive supported by the progressive left, endorsed by the Rhode Island Coalition Against Gun Violence. And she won in a three-way race. Um, which is no surprise there. Um, but we have Billy Hunt, who is uh, runs as, as an independent. He's a, he's a libertarian, part of the Libertarian Party. And this time around, it's, gonna, it's going to be just the Democrat, June Speakman, and Billy Hunt in this, in this general election. So that will be in November, no primary this time around. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this race because, you know, Billy is, is canvassing this district and, you know, he, he's a very pragmatic guy. Uh, very, very bright guy. Every conversation I've had with, with this guy, I've learned something about something, right? So he, he's, he's a smart guy. He's very pragmatic. His approach to all issues really is appealing to both Republicans, Democrats, independents. Um, June Speakman on the gun issue has not been friendly to us. I know folks have in that district reached out to her. I've seen exchanges on social media. Um, you know, she's listened to folks, but again, has just jumped right back into uh, voting for these bills because of the fact that, you know, this is what the party wants her to do. Um, you know, I've watched the hearings. I'm there at the state house quite a bit. I watched the hearings. I'm there at the hearings. I've watched what's happened on the house floor. And, you know, with her, I know she's never asked any questions with respect to, uh, what some of these bills do and don't do. And I also know that from folks sitting down where they're and talking about the gun issue that, 
you know, she doesn't really have a lot of knowledge about firearms. And so to be that, you know, willing to support legislation that's anti-gun, likely because she's endorsed by the Rhode Island Coalition Against Gun Violence, you're going to see more of this every session if we don't pick up seats like this. So in this district, you know, regardless of what your position is on any issue, you know, Billy Hunt is the guy that you want to have represent you in that district because he asks a lot of good questions, right? And his approach to every issue is is like this idea of being, you know, having certain civil liberties and not having those infringed upon, whether it's your gun rights, your, your privacy, or your property rights. So, you know, he's a great guy to support. And again, there's no primary election here. So it's, it's you know, come November 3rd, however you need to vote, whether it's through absentee ballot, emergency ballot, you can go into your town hall and vote uh, or just show up on election day. So uh, anyway, these are the races that are important to us on the East Bay. If there are some that I've missed, it's because I don't really have enough uh, information about the candidates that are, are running. A lot of the folks on East Bay, unfortunately, are running unopposed. So uh, if you are interested in helping any of these campaigns, whether that's donating money to their campaign or helping out at the polls, um, you can shoot me an email at glenn at rifiremsrights.org. That's glenn at rifiremsrights.org, and I'll put that below in the description of the podcast. And, you know, these candidates, they've stepped up to run for election, you know, run for office, and, you know, they need help across the board because the progressive left have a machine going where, you know, they, they, they have resources and, and the manpower and woman power to get out there and, and, and get their candidates in. But the most important thing is that you get out and vote. So knowing that eight, the 8th of September, you can show up at the polls and vote that day, or you can go into your town hall and you can fill out um, an emergency ballot at any time uh, that's, that's, that was extended to be 20 days before the election for both the general and the, and the primary. Uh, or if you are, if you have submitted an application, for an absentee ballot, you'll, you'll certainly get that in the mail. Uh, you need to be uh, unaffiliated to go into the primary or affiliated with whichever primary you're going to vote in. So if you're a registered Democrat, you can vote in the Democratic primary. Uh, you can vote in the Republican primary if you're a registered Republican. Or if you're unaffiliated, you can go in either one. And then you can disaffiliate in the way out. So you, you have options as far as voting and, and how you, uh, which party you vote in. But again, just remember that it is important that you do vote because many of these races throughout the state and the primaries are won by a dozen or two uh, votes. So you certainly can make a difference and make sure you share this with other folks. The information that I gave you in this podcast, share the podcast, share it to your pages, share it to your gun clubs, and just make sure that folks understand that the, these are important times for us. Uh, you know, what's happening nationally is, is drawing attention away from those important local races. So again, hopefully we'll tune in next time. Uh, the Rhode Island Rights Bear Arms Network. My name is Glenn Valentine, take care.